That was pathetic football. Right, have a look at the board. I've made some changes. Welcome back to Magnet Movies, formerly known as Bulgaria's favourite sporting <laughs> podcast. My name is Johnny Boland, and I'm joined, as always, by Josh Danger Ranger. Good morning, Josh. Good morning, Johnny. It is good to be here, mate. We are we're everyone's favourite sports podcast at the moment. We're Australia's. We're we're Bulgaria's. We're yeah. actually not Bulgaria's anymore. Our substantial <laughs> oh, no. Bulgarian audience has actually tuned out for the most recent episode, oh, which I consider quite flattening and insulting, and I'll now have to cancel my travel plans to Bulgaria. Nevertheless, <laughs> rumour has it Here we go. we've penetrated a new market. <laughs> oh, good. We are now... India's favourite sporting oh, yes. podcast. This is awesome. The Indian market is taken off there. Rumour has it. Rishad Pant <laughs> listens to our podcast. I don't know who told me that. Just a little birdie got in my ear. The Indian Test wicket keeper, honestly my favourite player in world cricket outside yeah. of Australia. Apparently he loves it. There you go. And I can kind of see why. Yeah. Okay. Here's, here's my question. This uh, little birdie. Yeah. Was it your conscience? Was it your inner voice that no. told you it, Rishad Pant? Well, yes. <laughs> and I just thought, what sort of, you know... Cricket playing style is sort of reflected most by our podcast. Oh, and of I think, you know, you know, Richard Pan aggressive. Yes. Challenging. Yes. Fun to watch. Yes. Yes. Or listen to. Yes. But also to watch since we've uh we may have incorporated some video into this one. <laughs> oh man, it's everything today. It's mate, uh, it's going off today. We have a bumper episode, mate, but let's just get a little a little wrap of your, your weekend, mate. How was it and what did you catch? Yeah, it's pretty good, mate. Um caught the Caught both finals. Yeah. Um, one was really good to watch. Okay. The other was not so good to watch. Should we disagree on which one was good to watch? <laughs> Look, quite possibly, I think we will later on. So, no, I caught, um, I, I caught both of them and caught a bit of lacrosse. And, Matt, I've got some big lacrosse news for you. Do you really? Yeah. The fixture is out oh. for the National Lacrosse League. And oh, it boy. comes with good news. Oh, yeah? So, everyone's going to want to set their alarms and calendars. Yeah. If you want to watch it live, it's at 1 a.m., but, nice. you know, you might want to watch it on replay. On what day? But one, I'm pretty sure it's a Monday. 1am, yeah. February 4th. Strap yourselves in because it is the Panther City Lacrosse Club. My boys. V the San Diego Seals. This is the biggest rivalry in sports. So strap yourselves in because I'm so excited about it. Have you heard the rumour that we've been contacted to, to broadcast our, our views on the game live oh, on, I have. via twitch.tv? Oh, I have, mate. Yeah, so I saw that on the DMs this week. It'll, it'll um, so be stay tuned for that. Yeah, once we work out how the heck to do that, we'll um, we'll be doing that because I tell you what, it it doesn't get much bigger than this. This is it's going to be massive. Yeah, and um, colour me incredibly excited for that, <laughs> mate. Tell me what was uh, what was your weekend like? Yeah, it was good. Um, watched a couple of games of footy. Um, I got older, which was interesting. Happy birthday, thanks, mate. So. Up to number 23 now, the the Buddy Franklin or Michael Jordan age. Yep. Um, Yeah, so that was all right. And, yeah, pretty much just just watched two games of footy and, uh, you know, did me best. (laughs) Well done, mate. Sounds like you did while you soldiered on. Mate, let's get get straight into it. Let's get straight into footy. Let's. Um, And our plan today was to talk about the, the finals first. However, there's been some... We're recording this on Wednesday morning. There's been some pretty big breaking news this morning. Yeah. Uh, run us through, mate. What's, what's going on? Yeah, so I was working this morning to, to some ABC News report out of the sort of Hawthorne Footy Club and the AFL um, regarding some – it's pretty challenging to, to even summarise quickly, mm. but essentially what's happened is it, uh, an external review was conducted – um, into how the AFL, into, into how Hawthorne sort of covered and handled Indigenous players through um, past and present. Yep. And it was sort of revealed that former coaches and um, sort of player development managers played a significant role in somewhat sort of discriminating, creating trauma for past First Nations players. Yep. Uh, sort of included uh, changing SIM cards in phones to disconnect players from family. Um, encouraging abortion, some really, really heavy and sort of challenging stuff. Mm. Um, and, yeah, as you said, sort of just dropped this morning. We've just uh, been in the process of trying to wrap our heads around it here mm. at Magnet Movers HQ, and we don't want to sort of 
speak out of turn, but yeah, from from what it sort of seems in this ABC Sport report, it it doesn't seem great, does it? No, look, it's 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 not good at all. And obviously, as you know, very very passionate Hawthorne supporter, and um, to to read these allegations the, this morning was quite. I don't even know the right words. Like shocking, I don't think is the right word, but I use it. Yeah, I think yeah, I think confronting is a good word. I um, yeah, just just to read about as you touched on, and obviously at this stage it's it's you know it's, it's allegations, but you know when, when three different players come out and mm. report very similar experiences, and as you touched on around, um, I think all of them were, were essentially told to to break up with their partners, um, just randomly. And then they were told to go and get their stuff, and um, never, and yeah, as you said, had their SIM card changed, the partners couldn't contact them. Like it's just, I don't know, like crazy, like just insane. And then, as you said, that um, at least one player was essentially told to for their partner to have an abortion. Um, yeah, is it's it's disgusting. Um, and obviously, as I said, I'm a very passionate Hawthorne supporter, and wear my wear my heart on my sleeve with them. But I think this is the first time in my life that I've genuinely felt ashamed to be a Hawthorne supporter. Like, it's it's bad. Yeah, and it, it does appear that it was a, a little bit further back, so the the coaches and, and sort of managers in question are sort of people that aren't so much around the club now. Mm. Uh, and I guess the, the positive step that's sort of come from it is the the review was conducted and they're trying to find out the information, which is, is a good step. The, I guess the really challenging and sort of really sad part about it is what the what the review has sort of brought to light. And I guess now it's um, it's up to the current sort of Hawthorne um, workforce there and, and the AFL as well to sort of do do better and sort of find, you know, what's next and sort of really progress in a, in a positive direction. Yeah, and, and it's, it's one of those things, isn't it? Like and we've chatted about this, we sort of joked a little bit about reviews and um, in the past, but it's one of those things where you don't need a review to tell you what they've done is wrong. No. Like... Anybody who hears this stuff, you don't need a review to say that there's some clear problems here. Like what what Hawthorne and what the the people are accused of have have done is it's deplorable. It's inhumane. So yeah. you don't need a review to tell you that there's some problems there. And as you said, the the people involved have moved on, but they've um they've moved on to other clubs, a lot of them. Yeah. So it's interesting to see the to see the fallout because um, the accused, two of the two of the people accused are current coaches of AFL clubs. Yeah. So, um, and you know, obviously one of them in this case has been accused is is Alistair Clarks, and he's just signed on for North Melbourne for five years. Like, there's there's a lot of dominoes to fall here. Yeah, and it's yeah, it's just an overwhelming feeling for mine of just sort of, I guess, sadness and like empathy and and sympathy for the mm. people involved. It's just. It would be so unbelievably tough, and it sort of puts into light like the pressure that is put onto young mm. AFL players. And you know, you, you think it's a lot of it is from the media and from you know their family and external sources, but you know, yeah. it can even be from your coaches and you know the people that you trust the most and that are, in, are given the job of being mentors and um, leaders. They mm. can sometimes be the ones that let you down as well. So it's yeah, it's really sad in in that perspective as well. Oh, it, it certainly is. And, you know, for the, the – obviously there's been three players that have come out and made as those sort of similar allegations. And, and two of those three, it, it doesn't name who the players are, but two of the three it says were delisted after their initial two-year contract. You can understand why a player's career doesn't take off and they're not getting delisted when this is happening to them. Like – Yeah. A player's never going to play well when they're being cut off from their friends and family and being told they should have an abortion. Like, mm. that's not going to drive a, a good culture, is it? So. No. Um, yeah, I think it's 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 pretty daring what's come come out, and it's yeah, it's the sort of stuff where you know will the will the AFL put penalties on the club? Who knows? Because obviously, you know, they haven't breached any say salary cap rules and stuff, but like they have to be some sort of like punishments hand down for this sort of stuff, surely? Because this is yeah, it's it's bad, like yeah, and it's the sort of thing you'd you'd. You just you just don't want to hear about ever happening again. Yeah, I think it's just education, um, getting the right people in mm. uh, to to sort of really drive culture and to understand that you know maybe for um, for some people they are, they do take it too seriously. Like yeah. it's a game at the end of the day. And yeah, it's your profession as well. But 
ultimately you need not everyone works the same way and yeah i I just think it's that sort of progression of understanding and helping people to to i don't know be their best self and for some people you know being with their family being really close to their family is super helpful Mm. you know having being told that was never going to be helpful no. Which uh, you can imagine the people saying these things were probably trying to help, and it came from a uh, probably a good place, but ultimately, yeah, it's just yeah, it hasn't gone well. No, it hasn't hasn't gone well at all. So, no, look, we'll we'll see what happens there, and I think you know uh, more will come out in the next sort of twenty four and forty eight hours. But yeah, um, yeah I suspect um, even by the time this podcast is going to air, there'll be some. I'd imagine both the AFL and Hawthorne will have to confront the media and um, and you know sort of say. Say what's going on, yeah. Um, but you know, and it's also, uh, yeah. So it, it's awful, and it also, you know, overshadows as well what's been an, an awesome final series. What should be a great time for the game, yeah. Um, it's it's really taken away from that, I think. That's it, mate. It's um, it's been uh, it's yeah, wow. It's tough. It's tough for us, mate. Magnet move is the first time having to do a real serious story. I know. I, know. Mate, I felt felt myself fumbling my words and, <laughs> and whatnot. It's very hard to to articulate. So I, I respect the people who do this for a profession. Um, yeah, mate. Let's. Uh, shall we move on? Yeah, mate. Let's let's um, let's get into the uh, into the finals, mate. So prelim finals, we had two. We'll start with. We'll go for the people being complaining. We'll go in order this time. Okay. Um, so we got Friday night, a very one sided affair. It was Ge- Geelong v Brisbane. Yeah. Um, and you sort of suspected this was going to be the case, didn't you? Yeah. I mean, I mean, you did say last week you went from thinking Brisbane could win to Geelong would slaughter them in five minutes of your own, you know, own argument. Which um, does speak to my ability, <laughs> just generally. That's it, mate. Um, but, no, look, very very one-sided. What would you, what'd you think of the game? Yeah, I just think Geelong just looked so big. They looked yeah. so big and imposing and dominant. And, yeah, the, the way they set up behind the ball was just so strong. Mm. Brisbane... Couldn't hit it. Couldn't hit a short target. They couldn't oh. lower their eyes. They just kept bombing it and just turnover, turnover, decoding Stewart. Like they just, God, they racked it up, didn't they? Yeah. Um, my boy Maxi Holmes was number one rated player on the ground after a quarter. Drew a tag and got injured, which was shattering. Um, I still <laughs> still back in to be back this week. So shout out Maxi if you're listening. Um, but I'm no, sure he is. Paddy Dangerfield was. You know, back to his best almost. Kicked three, I believe. Yeah, it was his, it was his best game for the year. Yeah. Um, scary proposition coming into this week, isn't he? Yeah. Um, but no, that was just dominant, mate. What did you make of it? Yeah, much the same as you, mate. It was it was all one-way traffic. And um, Brisbane's, Brisbane's forward line, like, they looked they looked reasonable the first two weeks. And you thought, maybe it's finally clicking. Yeah. Maybe maybe Charlie Cameron and Joey Danaher and Eric Kipwood, maybe this is their final series where they're going to make, you know, make the names themselves. But wasn't to be this week because no. they were they were dysfunctional. Um, didn't they didn't look like taking a mark, let alone scoring a goal. Um, and you're right, just Brisbane's inability, whether it was under pressure or without pressure, just just to hit simple targets. Yeah, but they just kept giving the ball back. Um, and you're not going to win many games when you just keep giving the ball back to the opposition. It's sort of a sporting 101 is don't give it back. So yeah, they were. They were pretty horrific. Yeah, and Geelong's control as well. Like yeah. they just, you know, they didn't miss. No, they were they, they were just too good. Um, but mate, so that was that was a bit of a bloodbath. But the second game was an absolute cracker in the end. Sydney v Collingwood. Um, you can handle this one, mate. Oh, I was about to say thank you, Sydney. Did all of Victoria a favour there? All done. Collingwood's out. I think we can all breathe a massive sigh of relief now. I think everyone collectively disagrees with that. I don't think anybody disagrees with that. I think everyone is happy that Collingwood's out. But uh, no. So in all seriousness, um, oh, what a, what a game! You know, the first sort of two two and a half quarters, it felt like Sydney were, were really in control, um, and there was sort of you sort of had this vibe that Collingwood might make a comeback, but Collingwood, but Sydney were just looking so good. They were just moving the ball so beautifully. They were doing well at the clearances. Their forward line was clicking. Their back line was shutting down. It just looked so good. And then sort of halfway through the third quarter, they just sort of ran out of juice. Premiership they, quarter. Well, I don't quite know what happened. And then Collingwood just started making a move. And at three-quarter time, you thought, oh, maybe they might make a comeback. But realistically, Sydney should be able to hang on here. And it just they just slowly crept their way back into it, Collingwood. You know, they started... They started getting that surge going that we love to see from from Collingwood. They started winning those one on ones. They shut down the Fords. Buddy and Papley looked hopeless in that last quarter, um, and they just 
And it looked you felt with five minutes ago, Collingwood were going to win. Um, yep. And they got so close to just to lose by a single point. I love footy. So. <laughs> Such a good sport. So happy that, uh, you know, we put our time and effort into it. Oh, dear. Um, how was it, mate, watching as a, as a Pirate supporter? Tell me, tell me how it was. Talk oh, me no, through it. Most of it I absolutely adored. No, I was, uh, <laughs> I was at, a, at a venue in, in Richmond celebrating my birthday. It was on my birthday. What a, what a birthday present this was. Yeah, it was. I thought, boys, you set me up for a real disappointment here and you're just going to take me home. Uh, I, I was firmly entrenched in the logic that Collingwood were going to come and get them late. Yep. And boy, did we make a move. Oh, I was <laughs> they, they moved some magnets. Oh, look, I didn't. I may have been walking around this venue saying Craig got in there at three quarter time and he's tossed the magnets around. <laughs> Maybe he's been listening. Hey, he must have been. He must have been. But you know, it wasn't to be. Congratulations, Sydney. Um, Collingwood, excellent year. But no, it's heartbreaking, mate. Yeah, heartbreaking. And look, the absolute. And you, yeah, we sort of touched on it before we started the podcast. You were talking about it, but the absolute irony that all year Collingwood's won about four thousand games by you know less than a kick. Yeah. And both finals they've lost. They've lost by a kick or less. Yeah. Like so. it's just sort of a – it's a bit of a cruel irony, isn't it? It was sort of potentially – you potentially saw it coming. But um, – and we'll, we'll do this in a um, season review probably next week. But overall, mate, whilst it was a disappointing end, it was a bloody good season from your boys. It was. It was a great year. So I don't want to be too too down on them. Yep. It was great. But, yeah, shattering to lose in that way. No, sorry, sorry, mate. Now, mate. Also, over the weekend as well on uh, Sunday night was the uh, the Brownlow, the Brownlow medal, mate. What'd you What'd you think of it? Oh, I was a little bit confused towards the end when a guy got suspended. You know, got up and you know gave a speech <laughs> saying he won, and I was like, "Hey, on, did someone forget he knocked out Kadeen Coleman? He got two weeks." Yeah, <laughs> so I thought that's that's incredible. But massive shout out to all the people that got on Paddy Cripps at two hundred fifty to one on the Brownlow when he was looking like getting rubbed out. So Jeez. you guys are all heroes. Um, <laughs> easy money, I guess. That flattens me as well. But um, no, it was it was a good event. I love the Brownlow. I'm a big, big Brownlow fan. I love the you know, mark of the year, goal of the year, little review of all the games. And it was good to have a close count. Mm. What did you think of it? Well, the close count was good, but gosh, it's a long night. No, it's like, not. It goes a... for so long. Too many ads, to be it, fair. It could be shortened by about 45 years, it feels like. Honestly, like, the whole thing should go for an hour and a half. Like, there are way too many ad breaks. There's way too many interviews of past players and past winners. Like, we don't actually care. No, I all, care. All, all right, most of us don't. <laughs> <laughs> most of us don't actually care. No, I care a lot. Like, of course you, of course you do, mate. But um, all, enough. all we want to see is we just want to see who wins the Brownlow. And, we, yeah, the mark of the year and goal of the year, it's a bit interesting. It's always a bit of fun. But that's yep. all we really care about. You know, we don't care about something one you know five years ago what their thing of the count when they're no chance. Like they've generally got the same views as us. This player could win depends will they poll votes. Like, yeah, shorten it, cut it down. It's um, tough analysis, really, isn't it? Well, look, and I think I think you know my views are reflected with most people's because <laughs> when you when you watched it, no one there cared. Yeah, you know, people were there talking, standing around during the vote count. They'd lost interest by the halfway mark. Yeah, and when, when you lose the interest of the people in attendance, you're going to lose some viewers. So I think they're probably going to have a look at that. I reckon. Have a look at it, you reckon? I, I, I do think so. But mate, um, overall, I tell you what, we um, we went pretty well. A bonus episode last week. We, we predicted um, who would win from each club. I think combined, we picked almost every single club. Yeah, we both nailed Carl Amon. Oh, the the one club we didn't pick was Port Adelaide. Didn't see that one coming. Yeah, um, future Hawthorne star Carl Amon. So. I was pretty happy about that. No, nah, yeah, no, nah, he did well. Uh, Paul well, but no, nah, we did. We picked him pretty well. We neither of us got Paddy Cripps to win. I think we both had him in, in the suspended category, which <laughs> which is fine. But no, nah, in all seriousness, congratulations, Paddy Cripps. And he spoke really well. I don't know if you managed to stay up for his nah, speech. Matt, as soon as the count was done, I was off. You're off. No, nah, yeah. he spoke really well. He spoke about having a, um, real issues talking to the media early in his career okay. and how he went to see like a speech pathologist. Yep. Um, to nail, to work on that because he saw Mark Murphy giving a, a press and was like, oh, I want to be able to do that. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, he, he really worked on it. And he, I mean, he's very, very good now at, at talking to the media. So, yeah, he did really well. There you go. Well, well done to him. And congratulations, Paddy. You know, not as good as the Coach's Award, but congrats anyway. Um, good effort. 
Yep. Drive by. <laughs> you know I love my drive. I love you, Paddy. You know I love my drive bys in the segments, mate. Love you a do. little drive bys. Mate, let's chat about though the big dances this week, the grand final. Yeah, you'll be going, are you? Oh, of course, mate. Mate, talking in the, about something. In, in the conference. Oh, I behind wish. glass. Yeah, with oh. your $5,000 package. I wish I was there, mate. Um, mate, I need to have a quick rant about this. Nah, I'll I tell you what, rant on. Give me give me your problem. I know where this is going. Talk to me about the grand final and its problems. Mate, I've absolutely cracked it. So, 125,000 members between Sydney and Geelong. You know how many uh, allocated tickets? Oh, 100,000. You'd think at least. You'd think. You'd assume that you'd. Well, you'd assume, and I do know the answer to this. Thirty-four thousand. Thirty-four. It's a disgrace. So that's about a quarter of the combined membership of each team. Yep. And as you've you've mentioned to me earlier, a lot of those members, those tickets are already guaranteed to priority members. You know, the big dogs, the twenty-year people, which you do want to get there. Yep. Having said that, if you're the average punter that's that's fronted up for a a Sydney or a Geelong membership, you are a very very slim chance of getting a ticket. And once, you know, you front that, you paid your membership fee, however much it is, yep. you know, you get you get the ticket, there's an extra 200 bucks. At least. Uh, yeah, at the very least. Yep. So if you get the worst ticket, it's 200 bucks on the day. Yep. If you get you can get a $450 ticket, it's absolutely ludicrous. Yep. I, I just think it's actually really terrible from the AFL. It's become a, a corporate event. And I hate that everyone goes, well, prelim finals is the best week of the year. Yep. It shouldn't be. No, nah, it shouldn't. The be. grand final should be the best week of the year. Yep. And everyone always says all these... AFL people are going, you know, we're you know funded by our members, funded by our members. But, you know, at the big dance, the members don't get reflected. Mm. So I think there needs to be a, a collective push to get more members, yep. more people that love each team to mm. the grand final. It needs to be at least 50-50. I was, I was about to say, so what do you think, like, what's your ideal number? So obviously, you know, I empathise with the AFL a little bit. They didn't have some corporates there. Yeah, of course. I think when you're sponsoring the game, you need to have some people there. Yeah. But what do you think, like, what's your scenario? What do you think the breakdown should be? So keep in mind, when, when we're covering this for Magnum Moves in a couple of years and we're behind glass, <laughs> all of this goes out the window. <laughs> That's, it's all corporates. <laughs> yeah, we're happy to get 100% corporate if we're in there. Mm-hmm. But I think it needs to be minimum 50-50. Yep. 50,000 of members yep. and 50,000 of corporates. And does the corporate include the 14,000 MCC members? No. Well, half be, of it does. I reckon okay. half. Okay. So you can go... Because MCC, this can still be passionate, you know, Sydney and Geelong fans for this year that are MCC, but they get... I'm sure there's lots of them. <laughs> which would make sense. <laughs> yeah. um, but no, I, I just think there needs to be more of the, a chance for, for your average punter, your guy yeah. who fronts up everyone who loves his team, that's not, you know, the most thick in the wallet. Yep. To be able to get a ticket and see his team play in a grand final. Yep. Or her team. Yep. So no, that's I, my thoughts. What do you reckon? I tend to agree. No, I like it. I, I've, um, I think it should be a case of you should have 30,000 members for each side. Yeah. So that's 60,000 all up. You then have your 14,000 MCC. So that takes you to 74,000. Yeah. You've then got, how many in AFL? About six or 7,000. Yeah. So that, let's just say 7,000. That takes you 81,000. That then leaves you with between fifteen and 20,000 corporate tickets. Yeah. There's my scenario for you. That's still a lot of corporate tickets. Like, how many corporate tickets do they need to sell? Like, that that means, you know, you, you probably can't buy your hospitality packages, but it means that every single one of your sponsors you're giving tickets to. Yeah. It means you're still giving tickets to one of your sponsors that are giving away for competitions on the radio. You're still covering all that, but it does mean that your media have a few, but the general population, the fans, there's more fans there. Yeah. That's I'll, what I'll be going for. I want the people that are showing up in round... 23 in the rain to yep. watch their team yep. uh, against GWS, amongst yep. the, the 16,000 that turn up. I want those people to be able to be represented in the big games. 100%. Not, you know, Joe Bloggs in his suit who... Uh, Goes to know, one game a year, it's the grand final. Yeah, and, you know, drops his t- 2,000 bucks and just walks in. Yep. No, I like it, mate. But, mate, let's talk about the actual game. Cats, let's- Cats v Sydney. We're putting the coaches' hats on as always. You're putting uh, old mate Scott's hat on. I've got horses hat on, mate. Talk to me. What is Geelong doing to win on Saturday afternoon? Well, mate, the, the blueprint's got to be pretty similar to what they brought in to, to, Saturday, uh, to Friday night against Brisbane. Yep. It's, you know, pressure Sydney into kicking long yep. and rely on the intercept game of, you know, DeConing and, and Stewart and, and those players and yep. then attack up the middle. Yep. How dangerous do they look attacking up the middle? Mm. The run of Duncan, the way Blitzars starts as a rover and then becomes a roaming ruck behind, like around the ground with Stanley going back as a loose man in defence. 
They just set up so well to dominate. Mm. And when they get that ball, how they move it up the up the ground so quickly, I just love. Yep. So I just think they've got to keep rolling with that Blitzar's Stanley switch over. Yep. Getting Stanley behind the ball. Let Blitz Blitzar's be the ruckman around the ground. And then once they get the ball on a turnover, head up the corridor, be aggressive. And you know, the Hawk and Cameron are gonna are gonna kick you enough goals to win it. I like it. Nice man. Yeah, look, I think um like Geelong are the favourites, and I think they are. Geelong probably should win. I'm hoping Sydney win. Yep. As a Hawks fan, I want to say Geelong win. I'm going for the Cats. Um. So why are you going for Geelong, mate? Maxi Outside, Holmes. Is that the only reason for Maxi Holmes? If he's injured, yeah. Then I'll still go for the Cats okay. because I like Jezza. What if Jezza and Max Holmes both get injured this week and can't play? Charles Howard. <laughs> Just every player in Geelong. Yep. No, those three. <laughs> no, um, those. If those three aren't playing, yep. then I won't be going for them. Yeah. Okay. Um, well, I think I think Sydney. You look at how they played the first half. They they were confident. They they moved as you touched on with Geelong. They they moved the ball well, and they they lowered their eyes. They found the forwards. They gave them. They found their forwards in one on one contests. Yeah, and then they gave chances for players like Papley to get the back for Bay to potentially lead and run at the ball. They looked really good when they did that. And defensively, defensively, they were set up really well. And then in the when it sort of fell away, they. Just let Collingwood get out the back way too easily. So if I was if I was Sydney and I touched on this last week, I'll be making sure you have one or two players at the back at every contest. You know, particularly maybe trying to keep one, a player loose back, probably almost right in the centre square of the ground when it's at your when the mm. ball's at your end. Because we know Collingwood like to surge to the middle. We know Geelong like to do the same thing. If you've got players there, they can't do it. So I'd be structuring so that <clears throat> excuse me, when Geelong try and sort of slingshot the ball out of there, you've got the players there stopping it. And that means that you're going to send it straight back in easily. So I'd be doing that as well as making sure you play Buddy and Papley deep. You play them really, really deep in the forward line because it means that some of those intercept players can't intercept because they're so deep. Yeah. So I'd be really trying to draw that defence down um, down towards the goal square, really stretch it out and just stop that um, stop that intercept marking is what I'd be doing. As well as, you know, trying to give Maxi Holmes a few big few bumps and stuff. We know he's injured, so, they you probably- know. So yeah, you know, try and uh, try try and stretch those injuries. I think they're going to have to because he was boy, he was looking dangerous on Friday. He he, he was he was good, mate. So tell me, mate, what's your uh, obviously you're you're going Geelong. What's your margin, mate? What are we? What are, uh, how much should Geelong win by? I reckon Geelong get him by fifteen. Mm-hmm. And my Norm Smith, yep, is can I have a guess? Go on then, Maxi Holmes. Yeah, yeah, I'll do that one. Nah, I, I, look, he is, but if he wasn't injured, he would be my prediction. Yep. I think, in actual fact, Tom Stewart will get it. Okay. Um, but, yeah, John by 15, Tom Stewart, Norm Smith. Nice. What do you reckon? I'm going Sydney by three points. In a classic. With Patrick Dangerfield in the lo- in a losing side, oh, being Norm Smith medalist. He would as well. There you go. He yeah. would, drama field. There you go. So, which you'd love, mate. You would love seeing it. No, I hate that. Side, no, I hate that. You, you love it. Presented by Bucks. I'm not, a, <laughs> I'm not a corrupt Norm Smith medalist that shouldn't have got it. So, um, there's, there's my prediction, mate. Um, so mate, that's a that's a grand final. Time. What's your what's your? Do you have a, a favourite sort of grand final tradition or something you love about the grand final? Other than the fact it's the the big game, do you have a sort of favourite thing about the grand final? Probably just being in Melbourne mm-hmm. primarily. We yep. haven't had that for two years, but the the energy around Melbourne on yep. grand final day, there's nothing like it. Yeah, everyone's just so excited. People that don't care about footy have scarves on. Like I just really get around just the, the energy of the day that everyone's so excited for. For an event, and you know, some of them haven't been great, but you know, generally speaking, having a barbecue, get seeing your mates, and and just being around the, the energy of the the grand final is so good for me. What do you reckon? I've got I've got two things I love. One is that, and you know, you know, I love my my American sports. And one thing I think American sports do well every game is it's like a big party. Yeah, the they tailgates. Have, they have their tailgates, and so it's just a massive event. Yeah, and the grand final is the one time we do that. Mm. You know, if you walk around. Um, the ground before the game. Everyone's got their barbecues out. Everyone at the car park. Everyone's having a great time. And so I love that sort of that sort of almost like party, big event type vibe. Yeah, and I think we need to do that more often personally. But I, I love that. And my second thing, I lo- I love the AFL Grand Final Sprint. Love, oh, I love the sprint. replace it. Oh mate, it is. It's a classic. It's, it's so good. Nah. So who's I, your, which was your favourite sprint and who was the winner of it? Oh, yeah, a number of, number of years ago, Paddy Dangerfield. <laughs> I don't know which year. I just love watching it each year, but... Yeah. My, 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 my issue with it is that right now, 
I can't tell you who's in this year's grand final sprint. I want build up to that. Yeah, well, you know, I think it needs to be replaced. Oh, here we go. And I reckon here we go. There's sort of two main schools of thought. All in right, this hit space. me with your two school main, two, so, two main schools of thought. Yeah, what, we, which most it? most people are sort of on this wavelength as well. Sure. Of Firstly, you get Joey Chestnut in. Oh, hot dog eating the man, contest. The myth, the legend. And you go, Joey, one out against four AFL players. And, and is the four AFL players are their numbers combined? Correct. Okay. They're yep. all they're all against him because he's an absolute beast. Yeah. And I don't see anyone really getting close I regardless. I think you need 10. I reckon you have 10 marks. You may, need, you may yeah. need 10, and that's completely fair enough. Yep. The other school of thought, which is probably gaining a little bit of traction, yep. um, is the, the, the goal-kicking contest from outside 50. Okay. You get, you know, maybe the top four in the Coleman if they're not playing in the grand final. Yep. All to line up, have a couple of shots from outside 50. Nice. You know, the, whoever puts the most through, you get four shots each. You know, a bit of elimination, a bit of drama there. Yep. Maybe you could have two at each end and then they combine for the for the final. Yeah. Okay. I don't know. Some, I love goal kicking. It's pretty cool. Well, what about with the goal kicking if, if you reverse it? And you have, say, the four or six players in the longest streak without kicking a goal. Oh, that's and you have them in a goal kicking <laughs> competition. What about that? Can we have that? And they start the goal square. Possibly <laughs> <laughs> they still miss <laughs> But yeah, I think I think maybe something like that, mate. Yeah, well, mate, you you love the sprint, but you know, it could maybe be we'd, have, we'd have both the sprint and the goal kicking. I mean, we just have a we'll uh, just cancel the game. We, <laughs> just to be the AFL Olympics. Yeah, I think we should, mate. I, that has legs. I think it's got. I think it's got traction. I think it's got a lot of legs. Yeah, let us know. Sounds at magnetmovers at gmail dot com. Write in. Let us know what you think. Um, but mate, that's it for the grand final. Good luck for. Good luck to both the sides out there. Yeah, um, should be should be a cracker, and um, yeah, just hope it's a good game. We should have an interview with the Norm Smith medalist coming out next week. <laughs> oh, without a doubt. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Josh is queuing that one up. So if it doesn't get through, blame him. <laughs> oh no, I'm, I'm done. Yeah, I might not be next so week. I look forward to that, guys. I might uh, might might have COVID next week. I suspect. Mm. Um, mate, let's um let, let's move on from AFL. Let's go to NFL, mate. Let's go over the over the uh, over the EC Eagles, over the baby. Eagles oh, 2-0. They are 2-0, but Super they... Bowl chance. <laughs> Real Super Bowl chance. I mean, they've been absolutely no one. Absolutely uh... pulled the pants down to the Vikings yesterday. Look, they did. Made them look as average as they are. <laughs> Mate, you can only beat who's in front of you. No, this and is so true. far, we've beaten who's in front of us. I, I can't argue with it. And you're going to win again this week because you've got Washington. So... Yeah, the old formerly known as the football team. <laughs> Now known as the Commanders, I think if they still had their old name, the football team, yeah. they could win it. But not Commanders, now. they're not going to command the Eagles. No. No <laughs> chance of that, man. No, they're not, mate. Um, but, mate, so, in, yeah, in, NFL, another, as always, massive week. There's one game I want to talk to you about. Oh, here we go. Oh, come one on, guess. Game. Of course you can, mate. Oh, Dolphins. Yeah, mate. Yeah, you love the Dolphins. It's I. It's so always overrated. How dare you? <laughs> How dare you? To a tag of a lower is... The best quarterback going around the moment. He's so good. But his team was down with 12 and a half minutes in the fourth quarter, down 35 to 14. That's a big margin for those unaware. It, well, I think you just hear the numbers, you know it's a big margin, 35 to 14. They got up and won. Also true. <laughs> Four touchdowns in the last 12 and a half minutes to win the game, 42 oh. to 38. Like, unbelievable. Like, they are... And it was against Baltimore, who are, who are a pretty good side. Yeah. Um, I, I do think their quarterback, um, oh, oh mate, is it Jackson? His name's escaped me all of a sudden. But um, he's, uh, he's, he's so overrated. Lamar Jackson. Lamar Jackson, there we go. I couldn't think of his first name. Um, he's so overrated. So yeah. it does help, though, against, against them. But, like, Ravens will be a playoff side. So Dolphins, 2-0. and I'm telling you, Tua is looking good for, for MVP. And um, also looking good is and, and let's let's run through our MVP predictions. I had two of the teams two and I looking good. Six touchdowns over the weekend. And I'd Patty Mahomes. I think. How did uh, no? I think you had Joe Burrow from Mary mate. How's, how's Joey Burrow looking? Mm. Yeah, not great. Not great. Not great. Oh, and two the Bengals. That's right. Bit of a you know Super Bowl hangover. Super Bowl loss hangover. <laughs> um, yeah, Joey's not gone too well. He only threw 199 yards in the weekend, mate. Didn't even get to 200. Yeah. He's not winning MVP, mate. You know what they say? What MVPs are... aren't won in September. <laughs> yeah, but they're locked in September. <laughs> that is true, and he's contributing strongly to that. I might have to change my tip. Um, but, yeah, it's tough for, for the Bengals and for, for Joey. But, mate, many people have been reaching out 
Have they? All right, what are they reaching out about? They love the NFL. Of course they do. Who but doesn't? They, no one understands how the bloody playoff structure works. You've got all these divisions, AFC, NFC, North, South, East, West. I try to say it, didn't get it right. That's how hard it is, mate. You can't North, even say them. North, South, East. Never eat soggy wheat picks. That's it. Um, that's the one. Mate, talk to us. How does the structure work of the playoffs? How, how do all these divisions intertwine to equal, you know, the Super Bowl? The Super Bowl. Now, look, I'll, I'll, I'll run you through as best I can. I do need about a 17-part diagram, so okay. we'll see how so we go. So just imagine. <laughs> so just in your head, just imagine this. But So as we know, it's broken up into two conferences, the, the Super Bowl, the NFC and the AFC, National Football Conference and American Football Conference. So they're both, they both work in the exact same way. So we'll just focus on, say, the NFC. Yep. Both have 16 sides, both conferences, and each conference is split up into four divisions, north, south, east, and west. With four teams in each division. Beautiful. You following so far? I'm with you. Easy. So, come playoff time, the top the top team of each division automatically qualifies. Yeah. Easy. Then the next three best teams out of those four divisions combined qualify. Okay. So there's three wild cards, and it's the top three. So theoretically, all four teams from one division <coughs> could qualify if it's a really strong division. Right. So it's the top from each division, and then the next best three. So yep. that, that's your seven that go through the playoffs. Okay. All right. I'm with you. Then in actual playoffs, your top team of the whole conference with the best record gets a first round bye. Yep. And then um, the top three, the other top three from the divisions play the three wild cards. Yep. And so let's just say theoretically that the favourites all win. So we've got essentially one, two, three, and four from each division. And they're just one-off games? Yep. Yeah. Yep. But yep. Yeah, there's no second chances. The only thing you have is the top team gets a bye the first round. Cool. So then, theoretically, all the favourites win. One would then play four, two would play three. Yep. Again, favourites win. One plays two. Let's just say that number one wins. And that's your winner for your conference. The exact same thing happens in your other conference, and those two teams play each other for the Super Bowl. Mate, that was beautifully explained. Thanks, mate. I obviously knew all that. Of course you did. And I could have said it to you in many languages. Yeah. Including English. <laughs> but you've. I've got Bulgarian as well. Correct. No, I'm off them. <laughs> Sorry, I'm so. off Bulgaria, <laughs> and that place has deeply hurt me. So shout out to the Bulgarians that aren't listening. Yep. Anyway, yeah, no, that's beautifully put, mate. And so that's how it works for, for those who were curious. Yep. I love that, the wild cards. So good. There you go. So good. Now, mate, before we move on from the uh, the NFL, I just want to touch on one final little thing. Okay. If, if, you'll, uh, if you'll allow me. I will. There's a player for Miami called Jalen Waddle. Oh, yeah. He's a... I don't know if you've seen this. He's a wide receiver. Yeah. Which means... Gun. He gets a lot of touchdowns because he's, he's catching the ball in the end zone. Yeah. And he's, as I said, his last name's Waddle. So his celebration is he waddles like a penguin. Yeah. Okay. And what I love about this is that not only does he do it, his teammates do it, <laughs> and not only does his teammates do it, but now the whole crowd is starting to waddle as well. This is huge. So I love it. And so my question is... Why don't we see this more often? Like, I would love to see in the AFL, and I think there's a player who could do this for us. Charlie Cameron? No, there's a player who could have, and I'll hit you with it in a second, and I think you'll like this, but there's a player who could do this same celebration every time, and then the whole crowd could do it. And I reckon your man, Jack Ginnivan, is the, is the man. And what would he roll with? I don't know, but he's got to, he's got to come up with something that's pretty simple. The entire crowd of 80,000 Collingwood supporters could do. Like the Didac wiggle from back in the day. Well, quite possible. I just want to see the whole crowd do it. Yeah. I don't know why we don't. So there's there's my little, uh, maybe little mission for a player next year. Go and do a celebration, the same, exact same celebration every time you score a goal and get the whole crowd into it. Oh, yeah, we've got Charlie Cameron doing the motorbike, but it's not very replicable from, from your seat at the Gabba, is no, it? No, it's not. You can't get on the turf and, you know, do your best, get the clutch going and, and all those things. <laughs> but we'll, we'll get a video up on our on our Instagram of, of old mate Waddle, yep. waddling like a penguin. And so, it's so good. That's Yeah, that's excellent. I and like then that maybe you. in the offices, mate, we, we can try a couple and we can chuck them on our, on our socials of us doing some celebrations. Definitely. Um, particularly you. I've you're quite good at celebrations, mate. Yeah, so, you're correct. So you you can you, yep. can you can show us a few celebrations, mate, and we can get it going. I like it, mate. It's good from you. Thanks, mate. I thought you liked that, mate. It's uh, it's time for one of my favourite segments. Oh, the mate move of the week. Oh, <laughs> oh no. the bells ring. Oh, it's here. What a stitch up. It's here. The magnet mover of the week. I know those people out there. I'm hearing it as well. Segments trying to be buried, but I'm keeping it alive. Backed by popular demand. Right. The anti-magnet mover of the week was, was also quite popular. Had your pants off. That fella was doing his best. <laughs> had your pants off. 
we did, you know, got a bit of feedback on our, on our ability to pronounce his name, so I hope he's well and, and not too offended. But the magnet mover of the week this right, week. Mate, hit me with this week's magnet mover of the week. Hit and you were we watching go. the brown low. Hey? You were watching the brown low, weren't you? Bits of it. Yeah. Yeah. There was a, there was a man yep. who won the Jim Steins Community Leadership Award. Yes. Are you aware of who this was? Was it a Geelong, Geelong player? My man. Yeah, this, Your, this, Joel is, a, this is a disgrace. Joel Salwood is the magnet mover of the week. He, I really, what I liked from him, it's very like easy in the AFL to be like, oh, no, I didn't prepare a speech. And, you know, Joel, nah, pulled out a speech, nailed it. You know, ended it with, we all need a bit more Jim in us. Like, you know, Jim Stein's spirit. He's uh, impacting the community. He really deserves it. I know he's won a lot this week. He'll probably win a norm and a grand final as well as his community leadership award. But Joel Salwood, mate, you are the magnet mover of the week. So thank you for all the work you do in the community. Shout there out. You, there you go. Congrats, Joel, on the award. But uh, I don't like the fact he prepared a speech. What? I like I like off the cuff. No. It's just random. You don't know what you're going to get. I love the off the cuff. Yeah. So well, there you go. That's you know, what John Uecker would provide. Yeah, it's, it's sort of, it's sort of, you know, you get a lot of theatre, mate, with unprepared speeches. So I'm not surprised. Not, not surprised you prefer the prepared, mate. You know, you prefer your fake theatre. I prefer my real theatre. So, wow. Um, yeah. Wow. <laughs> that, another drop. That line. hurt. <laughs> Twist the knife. It's back. <laughs> but nah, Joel Salwood, congratulations, mate. Anyway, what were you going to talk about? Because I know you weren't bringing up the magnet mover of the week. Look, I wasn't. That doesn't shock me. There's a there's a fair, there's a fair bit of truth to that, mate. Yep. Um, no, mate. I'm gonna. I want to talk to you about my favourite segment. Okay. The movie review. Oh, you love the movie review. I'll set the alarm for five minutes. Mate, then. No, come on. This is. I'm telling you, this is a movie that you will like. Okay. I've got a movie that I think has enough theatre for you. I love theatre. It's about a sport that you'll enjoy. Okay. And it's it's, it's a, not bloody lacrosse, is it? <laughs> <laughs> I haven't come across a decent lacrosse sports movie yet, mate. When oh, I do, I'm going to have about a 45-minute movie review for that one. Yeah, that'll um, be a solo ep. But uh, <laughs> let's be honest, it quite possibly will be. Um, but here we go. I watched the movie called Cinderella Man. Okay. Okay? I'd never heard of Cinderella Man before I watched this. It's an Eminem song. Um, it, it is not about the Eminem song, I don't believe. Okay. Um, it stars Russell Crowe. Oh, I love Russell Crowe, the great, general. Great actor. The general, the indeed. General. And the general's a bit of his inner general, oh, inner general at times, mate. So the movie is about um, a man named James J. Braddock. Okay. okay. He, was a, he was a boxer yep. um, in the late 1920s, early 1930s of, of America. And so he was, he was pretty decent, pretty decent boxer. Yep. And what happens, and it's all true story as well, by the way, before you get a... Any Coach Carter confusions? That's a true story. I like true stories. Um, so it's yeah. So early in his career, he's really good. Yeah, wins a few wins a few things here and there. But he's probably he's probably pushed too hard too early, and so he loses a few fights he probably shouldn't have been in. Right. Um, and so sort of he's and so he's, he's won a bit of money, but he's cruising on super well. And when the Great Depression hits, all his money was in the stock markets. Oh, so he loses all his money. Yeah, and so he ends up. Him and his family, he's got three kids and a, and, a, and a wife, and they they end up in this sort of awful sort of one-room apartment. He's there working, um, trying to get jobs. They end up on the dole. Like it's – I mean, he ends up essentially begging begging for money, and he's it gets to the stage where they, they can't afford the electricity. And it's in, it's in New Jersey, so it's very cold there in winter. Yeah. And they have to send their kids away because they can't afford electricity for heating. Mm. Well, that's how bad it is. That's really sad, yeah. And so – then his manager comes along. His manager's managed to secure him a fight because essentially what happens is the third best boxer in the world, the guy who's fighting pulled out last minute, day before, and they couldn't find anyone who was willing to fight him. Okay. And he was like, I reckon I know a guy. Oh, and so he comes rusty. back out of retirement. Oh, mate, Braddock. And he wins the fight oh. from nowhere. And so the, then it then um, follows him essentially having a comeback to the stage where he's fighting for the world, the world title. Wow. And before the world title, this is the last thing I won't spoil it anymore, but before the world title, the guy who's the reigning champion has killed two guys in the ring with his punch, like his ability to punch. Okay. Like it's, and so they show Braddock footage because they're like, my look, the, the boxing people, like my lawyer is here so I can show you this so that when you die in the ring, you can't, we, you can't your family can't sue us. Yeah. Like that's how it's a yeah it's a lot like it's so much there's so much there like the build up's incredible um, I won't ruin any more for you but it is it's amazing 
It's, yeah. getting, it's getting five stars. Wow. And it is challenging Coach Carter for second behind River of the Titans. Wow. Well, I didn't think I'd say that. But it is it is amazing. So go and watch Cinderella, man. It is so good. Alrighty. I love this. So, that's so, so that's a good review. Point, Thanks, mate. So go watch it. And yeah, I think I think you really like them. I think you really appreciate it. Well, mate, I, I appreciate that from you. It's a good, good review. I look forward to, to checking it out. That, that, thanks, Probably mate. never. Had to eat. It's a little drive by. I got him back. <laughs> well done, mate. Uh, mate, now, mate, one, once what I want to quickly talk about, mate, um, just with you for a couple of minutes, is uh, is golf, all right? Okay. Because this weekend we have the, the President's Trophy, okay. or President's Cup, um, which for those who don't know, is, a, is it's the USA against the rest of the world, Yeah. but the rest of the world doesn't include Europe. It's like the weirdest caveat in sport. Mm. But like, because the Ryder Cup is USA v Europe. Yeah, and presence is USA v the internationals. Okay, and it was in Melbourne last time. It was in Melbourne. It was about, it was about three years ago. In Melbourne, um, the internationals were underdogs, but got in front and then choked late. And it was when Tiger Woods came over. It was a massive event. Yeah, I was there. Were you actually? No. Oh, sorry, <laughs> mate. Didn't even know it was on. There you go. I was there three years ago. It was oh, a great event. Genuinely covering it for Magnum Movers. Oh, of course, mate. Yeah, get myself ready for, for 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 this for this very episode now. Talk to me. Um, I'll tell you what, if the internationals get anywhere close, it's going to be the greatest underdog story of all time. Will they make a movie about it? Oh, they'd have to. Wow. So the USA, so, so each, each side has 12 players. Yeah. 11 of their 12 players in the top 18 in the world. Yeah. Okay. Wow. Already you're thinking, Jesus, strong. I am. The internationals have five in the top 35 in the world in their side. Ooh. Their two best players aren't allowed to play because they're playing live golf. Oh, no, Smitty. So Smith and Neiman, um, the Chilean, they're both out. So the internationals have got um, Hideki Matsuyama, who won the Masters, I think, a year and a half ago. Yeah. He's he's a very good player. Okay. That's sort of it. <laughs> They've still got uh, one man. They've got Adam Scott as well, who might be able to do something. Yeah. The Aussies. Um, yeah, they've got a couple of players here and there that are, that are, that are good, but, like, it's going to be... A bloodbath, I suspect. But that'll be this weekend, so tune in because if it if it goes like if at the halfway mark the internationals are anywhere near, the belief will start to grow. It will. But it would be the biggest upset of all time. Um, so tune in today. It's it's a lot of fun. It's a really fun event, and it, it, there's match play. There's um there's one uh, called called um I think I'm just trying to think. I think it's better ball. Where like I no. Where I have a shot, and then my teammate has the next shot. Oh, I like that. So it's so much fun. It's a, it's a lot of fun to watch. Um, so that's starting. and how do you catch it? Hey, how do you watch it? I I'm assuming it's on Ko. Yeah, Ko. I I'd assume it's on Fox Sports. Yeah, so. beautiful. Um, but mate, but, but before we finish up, mate, we've got a we've got a listener question. We do from old mate Jeff uh, again and again. He's a very good man. Loves he, writing in. He is. He's the uh, the friend of the show, Jeff. So as we know, last week we clipped him. Yeah, we did. We clipped him last week for writing, you know. Well deserved. That's right. So he said, okay, made a mistake, I'll own it. So he's owned it. Thanks, Jeff. Um, Good to be accountable. But he said, just remember, I'll get my revenge, and at least I know where Sophia is. Do you? So, And I thought he's misspelled Bulgaria when I first read Sophia. But apparently, so I had to Google it. It's the the capital of Bulgaria. So apparently he's got some good Bulgarian knowledge. But, But as we've touched on. We're off Bulgaria now. We are. It's old, so, it's old news know, now. Again, irrelevant kind of. Um, but his question, and I, I wonder on this on bio, is about James Hurt. Yep. So um, James Hurt's been interviewed. Um, he's still in run, running for the Essendon coaching job. Yep. Um, and Jeff finds that unbelievable. Okay. He said, who is being the most irresponsible? Essendon for thinking about bringing him back into the team he destroyed or the AFL for allowing the man in charge of the darkest day in AFL history anywhere near an AFL slide? It can't be allowed to happen from Jeff. What yep. are your thoughts, mate? Tell me your thoughts on James Hurd um, and being interviewed for the uh, the Essendon Posse. I think if James Hurd is the best man for the job, give it to him. Okay. Yeah. So he he had two three years in the job before he was stood down. Yep. And at the he was sort of eleven wins in the first two years. Yep. And the third year he was fourteen wins. Yep. You could say that 14 boost was because of the drugs, but they were also 14. <laughs> you, you, you could, yeah. You could, but they were also, I think they were 11 and 3 that year. Mm-hmm. So they were, after 14 games, they were sitting in third. They were looking strong. They were building. I don't think he's a terrible coach. Yep. I think he was unaware of what was going on. Mm-hmm. Well, he was probably aware. But th- he, uh, yeah. 
He wasn't aware to the extent of like the damage. If he knew they were going to get banned for years, I don't think he would have been, you know. Mm. Uh, well, I mean, you'd hope. I, I don't know that for sure. I don't know James well. Yeah. But yeah, I, I think, you know, everyone makes mistakes. Redem- Redemption arc, I do like it. Could make a movie about him. <sighs> the theatre. The theatre. We love theatre. But yeah, I, I think he's the best man for the job. He's the best man for the job. And uh, I don't personally think he is. But yeah, I think if if they believe he is and he can go somewhere with the footy club, then you got to back him in. There you go. What do you reckon? Oh, uh, I'm in. I'm in two minds. One is I'm with Jeff. Okay. I, don't, I don't think he should be let a coach again. I think with what what with what happened at Essendon when he was in charge, it was so bad. Yeah. So it wasn't it, great. It was it was so bad, and you know then the club, as you said, got all their players got banned, and they were then as a result bottom and bottom of the ladder for a while, and they're sort of. They haven't really quite recovered from it, type thing, and um, just the the amount of trust that the players put in the system, and then you know, then all this stuff was going in their bodies that they didn't know about, that was illegal. Like there was just so many problems going on. Yeah, and so I think as a result, I don't think he should be allowed back in because yeah, it was such a terrible time for the AFL. However, my second mind is, I don't mind seeing Essendon go badly. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm, I'm sort of happy for him to uh, to come back because, uh, you know, if it means there's something going to go horrifically again, bring him back here. There you go. Give him a 15-year contract and, uh, you know, let's let's see how they go and let's all, you know, laugh at Essendon as they struggle. Yeah. So, you know, there's a part of me that thinks, you know, bring him in for that. So that's my... Um, my perhaps ulterior motive there. I so, like that from you, mate. I think you. I honestly think he'll be good. Oh, oh, I reckon. I mean, if he's going to be good, I don't want him back. From what I've heard, he's got a very, very sharp footy mind, mm-hmm. and in the in the time he spent out of the game, he's worked on sort of bettering himself in in like the business space as well. Okay, to probably become more aware of what's around him. Sure. He was very footy centric in his first gig. Yep. He could maybe do a more holistic role as a sure. coach this time, and yeah, I'll, I'll back him in for redemption arc. Nah. Sorry, sorry, Jeff. I'll back him in. There go, James. There we, well, look, and look, you know, if it goes badly, Jeff, let write in about three years' time and make sure you let Johnny know. Yeah, r- remember the day. <laughs> Remind him of, of this episode. Mate, that's um, that's all we've got time for, mate. Um, it was good to see you, mate. Thanks for coming in and uh, should be a crack of a grand final this week. That's it, mate. Go Cats.